welcome to Donna Martin Graduates, the podcast where we watch episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 in order and give you our unsolicited opinions, although you're listening, so it's kind of solicited, just a little bit. I am one of your hosts, Andrea, not Andrea, and I'm your other host, Kelly, and this week we watched season two, episode three, Summer Storm. Very foreboding. Very but this is a good episode because because Dylan doesn't have a shirt on for most of it. Yes. I'm not going to lie. That is the reason. So this episode starts with Jim trotting down the stairs, carrying luggage, complaining to Cindy about not being able to find his blue shirt. Brenda confesses that she wore that shirt to the beast. To the beast? To the beast. She wore it to the beast. <laughs> Um, Kill the beast. (laughs) Brenda confesses that she wore that shirt to the beach last week. And Jim asks, why would you do that? And she tells him, because it looks great. Brandon chimes in that a girl in a guy's shirt is very attractive. And I just want to remind him that uh, we are talking about his sister in particular. Gross. Yeah. And also, um, how often do these people in a house of four people do laundry? Because I feel like... We do laundry every day, and I'm the only girl in our house. So Same here. Yeah. Every day. And I mean, I have to go to the laundromat, and I go once a week to the laundromat. So, Brenda, why isn't the shirt clean? That's all I have to say. Don't you mean, Cindy, why isn't the shirt clean? Let's be honest. You know those kids are not doing their own okay. laundry. Okay, let me Jim's rephrase. Jim's not doing his laundry because they don't do shit around that house. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Brenda, why isn't that shirt in the fucking hamper? Okay. Wow. E for explicit. Yes, this week. Anyway, the news plays in the background until the name Jack McKay comes up. Dylan's father has been arrested on 23 charges, including tax evasion and fraud. Jim, of course, has to run his mouth and notes that the best thing Brenda ever did was break up with Dylan. He is innocent until proven guilty, Brenda reminds him. But Jim has no time for the Constitution. Jack is already guilty in his eyes. Next, we see Dylan laying in bed, staring at the ringing phone. He lets it go to voicemail, and his outgoing message tells people to leave a message after the beep a <laughs> Are you kidding me? Come on, Dylan. We expect better of you. And then Brenda introduces herself as if he wouldn't recognize her voice and asks if he's doing okay. She then implores him to pick up the phone before not giving him any time to do so, and then hanging up. Like, pick up the phone, Dylan, pick it up. Click, click. (laughs) All right. At the beach club, Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is providing the surf report, and he talks about some tropical storm and the size of waves, and I really have no clue what he's talking about because I live next to a brown river. (laughs) finally brandon is doing some work but then of course stops after spotting dylan he asks dylan how he's doing dylan says are you kidding surf's up dude next we see kelly in a blue bikini chastising jackie for not using proper sunblock jackie take her word for it her skin hasn't seen a uv ray in years that's a good thing yes they both sit in the lounge chairs checking out men Kelly sets her sights on Kyle Connor, a.k.a. Sabrina Spellman's boyfriend, who is playing volleyball with Steve. And I'm sure that won't make things awkward at all. 
villain and a long-haired surfer stare out at some pretty gnarly waves. Did you see what I did? I did. And Dylan asks the hippie about the waves. And he tells Dylan that anyone who surfs those waves has got to be loony. But then I'm pretty sure he runs out into them. Oh, yeah, he ran. And then Dylan zips up his web, his web suit. His web suit. Dylan zips up his wetsuit very loudly, I might add. <laughs> like the gaffer was standing right next to the microphone <laughs> with his, his windbreaker on. Right. And then he shrugs before running in the direction of the water. Mm-hmm. Andrea and Brenda are walking down the hallway of West Beverly, and Andrea is asking Brendan about the events surrounding Jack McKay's arrest. Brenda annoyingly reminds her that they broke up, and if Dylan needs to talk, he will reach out to her. In acting class, Mr. Souter announces that they will be working on Shakespeare. And Andrea raises her hand like Horshack whenever he asks a question. And if you don't know who Horshack is, you're too young to be watch- listening. Watching. But still listen. But yeah. We anyway, love our listeners. We do. Uh, uh, they're going to be doing scenes from Romeo and Juliet. And he chooses Donna to play Juliet and then selects David to be Romeo. Foreshadowing. <laughs> there's a lot of four going on in this uh episode we had foreboding and now we have foreshadowing but not foreplay no uh back at the beach kelly is busy watching kyle's volleyball form until <laughs> a ball ends up by her lounge chair she tells kyle that she will return it if he gives her private lessons and he agrees like uh tina turner's song private dancer mm-hmm. dancing for money Steve is angry because he's jealous, of course, and I think because the costume department has put him in a horrible hat again. That hat is not good. Back at Casa Walsh, Andrea and Brenda are studying Shakespeare while Cindy washes the the dishes. Cindy washes the dishes. She reveals that she was Lady Macbeth in the school play and quickly acts a scene from the play. Andrea laughs, and Brenda just sits there with an attitude because, you know, that's what Brenda does. The phone rings, and the person on the other line asks for Brandon. When Brenda says that he isn't home, the person on the other line reveals that Dylan has been in an accident and is in the hospital. Andrea asks if he's okay, and Brenda's like, I don't know. No, guess what? She's not the protagonist either. We changed our mind from last week. Yep. Cindy drops her dish, and they head out. At the hospital, it's very chaotic, and Brenda comes in through the ambulance bay doors for some reason. Maybe go through the front doors. Maybe. And where is Cindy? Why isn't she coming with her? Mm. Dylan is asleep on a gurney and wakes up when Brenda touches him. He tells her that she looks like an angel. And she thinks that this is the perfect time to talk to him about why he didn't call her back. Uh, okay. Maybe not when he's laid up in the hospital, you self-centered hag. And he tells her he needs her. And she tells him he just needs to rest. And then she kisses him and walks away as he calls after her. And she finds Cindy, who tells her that he has a mild concussion and a few cracked ribs. If he's got a concussion, maybe they shouldn't allow him to sleep. Whatever. And no offense, but where is HIPAA? I mean, why are they just giving this this information out all willy-nilly when they're not his next of kin? Remember, they don't have HIPAA. They have SANG. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. That was a really good one we came up with that time. It was. Uh, uh, Cindy reveals that the hospital was just going to keep him there for a few days because he has nobody to take care of him at home so she volunteered to bring him to the Walsh house 
Brenda is angry because they broke up and she's very selfish. And Cindy is like, I couldn't leave him in an overcrowded hospital, you horrible, horrible person. Cindy's the protagonist. Beginning to think so, but she puts <laughs> up with Jim's shit for way too long. Damn it. Yeah, she does. At the Walsh house, Cindy makes dinner for Dylan and asks Brenda to take it up to him. Brenda tells her that she didn't want to play Nancy Nurse, so Cindy could do it. Kind of a bitch about it. And then she says she's going out. Oh yeah, I forgot in this house, the teens are in charge of this household. So Brandy gets blankets ready to sleep on the couch and talks about the accident to Dylan. Dylan says some surf terms that I didn't understand, and then Brandon suggests that he has a lot on his mind. Dylan tells Brandon that this has nothing to do with his dad, and Brandon says, oh yeah, right, because nothing gets to you. Cindy brings up food, and Dylan asks for Brenda. Cindy then awkwardly tells him that she left, and he says that he knows that she is not happy about him being there. But what does she know? Dylan thanks Cindy for the hospitality. Jim is not so hospitable, and he yells at Cindy about taking Dylan in and tells her to make sure to lock Brenda's door, and Cindy is wondering how she is the only Walsh family member with an ounce of humanity. Oh yeah, this episode was another good reason why we don't like Jim Walsh. Yeah. Brenda is suddenly home and reading Hamlet and says to Brandon, to be a bitch or not to be a bitch. Uh, okay, Brenda, I don't think that's a real quandary for you. Always a bitch. Brandon declares that Dylan is right. She is stubborn. And that's his nice way of saying, you're always a bitch, right? That declaration prompts her to go see Dylan for the first time since he got to the house. He tells him that she is not stubborn. And he tells her that he can't get through this without her because she's the only person he trusts. He says that she isn't ready. And he tells her to not make him beg. And then they start making out. Brenda pulls away, and she says she can't do it. Then the two of them toss and turn before he draws out of bed to use the restroom. Brenda does too, and they get to the bathroom at the same time. And they awkwardly they awkwardly talk to each other until Brenda resigns the bathroom to him. The next morning, Kyle is teaching Kelly how to bump in volleyball, you perverts. <laughs> while Brandon and Steve are walking around the beach. You know... I've had a job since the day I turned 16, and not once did I have a job that my friends were allowed to hang out with me or help me all the time. Are, I mean, was this job in Beverly Hills? No, it was in Milan, Illinois. Oh, well, that's your problem. It is the Village of Progress, though, so it says right on the signs when you get into town. But if you if it was in Beverly Hills, I bet you, it, it, you would have a whole different outlook on it. My friends would just hang out with me all day long because yep. I'm trying to work. Exactly. Get me ready for the real world. Yep. Steve remarks that Kyle can have her as she is a, as if she's a thing to be owned and that he's willingly giving up. Neither one of those things are true. And come on, Steve, be better. Be better. Like Melania Trump says. Then Brandon reveals that Kyle said he has a girlfriend at Beverly High in Canada. That might be transferring. Steve, not really. That's a joke. Steve is interested by this news because he is a spiteful, horrible person. And Kyle asks Kelly out on a date. And just as she is walking away, Steve tells her that Kyle has a girlfriend. Kelly tells him that he's just being a jerk. And that sounds about right. She isn't wrong. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Kelly. 
Have you ever made a purchase online or stayed somewhere that you uh, saw online? I have. And have you ever left a review for any of those things? I have. Have you gone online and read any reviews before you've purchased or stayed somewhere? Yes, I have. Like the sugar-free gummy bears? Well, I didn't stay in sugar-free gummy bears, but yes, I've read those reviews quite a few times. Well, I read a review about a goat farm in California, and people left positive reviews, but there was a spider that crawled in my hair and a grasshopper in the shower with me, so I wish we never would have stayed there. Oh, bummer. So, Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is a comedy podcast featuring brother and sister Alex and Christine as they recap dramatic readings of one-star reviews written by real people with not-so-real problems, like the goat farm. Like the goat farm. Whether it's a bar's no-throw-up policy, a barista who's just too friendly, or a school psychologist's fashion sense, reviewers complain about it all. And so prepare for equal amounts of laughter and eye-rolling. Kind of like this podcast. Exactly. Each week, Alex and Christine cover topics ranging from strip clubs in Vegas, ghost tours in New Orleans. I've been to a ghost tour in Vegas and a strip club in New Orleans. Does that count? Probably. Oh, perfect. Or DMVs in Phoenix. I have not done that. Nope. They nobly delve into the cesspools of Yelp, TripAdvisor, and other review sites to find you the best of the worst. Indeed. So listen to Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can also find them on all social media platforms at Beach Too Sandy. Bye. Bye. We're back. In acting class, Brenda is performing a monologue by Ophelia while blinking rapidly. Mr. Souter seemingly is impressed by her performance, and he reminds Donna and David that their scene from Romeo and Juliet will be the next day, and I don't think they could look any more thrilled. Nope, not at all. Nope. At the beach, Jackie tells, or Jackie talks about dinner plans, and Kelly tells her that she has a date with Kyle. He is the best volleyball player Kelly knows and has some position on the football team. I always looked for a sense of humor and a running car. Who am I kidding? I never dated anybody in high school. <laughs> Jackie talks about not knowing how to date without being drunk. That's that's about where I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually very sweet, so I don't have anything snarky to say. But enjoy it while it lasts, because up next, shout out to women raising up women. Yeah. Anyway. Up next part. <laughs> Donna and David are rehearsing their scene from Romeo and Juliet, and Donna is less than impressed with David's performance. And can I just say that I am less than impressed with what the beach is doing to Donna's hair? Hello, defrizzer. Donna gets frustrated and tells David that she quits. Back at Casa Walsh, Dylan has moved to the couch, and Cindy heads off to the store, leaving Brenda and Dylan alone. Brenda asks Dylan if she can get him anything, and he gives her a long list, including a soda, a sandwich, a blanket, and a book. She asks him if there's anything else he wants, and he replies, you. And that is apparently all it takes to break the breakup. And she lays on top of him and tells him (laughs) that staying away from him was the hardest thing she ever had to do. And maybe you shouldn't talk about hard things while you're laying on top of him, but you know, whatever. (laughs) And then they ceremoniously make out. And guess who comes home at that <gasps> very second? Dun, dun, dun! Papa Walsh. And he is pissed. He yells at Dylan for taking advantage of their hospitality by taking advantage of his daughter. As if she can't make decisions on her own. Nope. So Jim and Cindy argue with the door open. 
and a megaphone, apparently, about Dylan and making it super awkward for everyone else involved. Dylan has been there for three days and apparently needs to be on bed rest for two more. Uh, but then he's out of the house, according to Jim. And I don't really know why it took Cindy so long to divorce him. Jesus. Brenda apologizes to Dylan, who says it's not her fault. At the beach, Kyle asks Kelly, what? Oh, at the beach, Kyle tells Kelly that he always thought she was the hottest girl at West Beverly. He asks him if he has a girlfriend, and he says they broke up because she wanted to get too serious. And Kelly tries to be spontaneous by running into the water naked, and Kyle refuses to join her. Not awkward at all. Mm -mm. She comes back into the towel and then tries to kiss him, and he pushes her away. And he tells her she's being pretty aggressive. Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. And she asks him to take her home. Mm-hmm. At the Walsh house, Brenda's sleeping and Dylan apparently sneaks into her room and leaves a note on her nightstand, pulls the blanket up around her and kisses her without waking her up. He's such a good guy. The next morning, she wakes up to the note that says he left and she comes downstairs to let her parents know. She heads out the door, and when Jim asks, where is she going? She tells him that she is going to find Dylan and apologize for having a father who is such an asshole. Well, someone should, anyway. Kyle is jogging in the sand in white linen pants. <laughs> Since I know what they do with this character, this is very cliche on the part of the writers. Just a little bit. Just saying. Steve hunts him down wearing a crop top. Maybe there's some things we should talk about, Steve. Maybe. And interrogates Kyle about his date with Kelly. Kyle should ask Steve about that shirt. That's what he should do. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle gets something. Angry. Oh, he does. Kyle gets angry and runs off to find Kelly, who has no inclination to talk to him. Steve is following creepily close behind and asks Kelly if the summer fling is over already. And Kelly's like, oh, F off, Steve. F off indeed. Maybe I think they should just put Jim and Steve on an island. Let them duke it out. Is Steve going to be wearing that crop top? Probably. Yeah. Do you think he's a power bottom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth. All right. Brenda returns home with Dylan and Cindy's on the phone with Dylan's mom. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to come stay with her after his father was arrested, but never showed up. And she hasn't heard from him since. Cut to darkness following. Oh, that's, she returned home without Dylan. Dylan. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. I thought I was just like, I didn't think she came home with no, Dylan. No, and I was like, where did she find him then? Did I miss all the part <laughs> of the show? I'm really confused. Okay. All right. I'm going to start over. Okay. Brenda has returned home without Dylan, and Cindy's on the phone with Dylan's mom. Apparently, he was supposed to come stay with her after his father was arrested, but never showed up, and she hasn't heard from him since. Cut to darkness, falling on the crashing waves, and we're back at the beach club, and there's a storm headed in because, you know, there's papers blowing everywhere and the sound of wind howling. Like, why can't rich people throw away their newspapers themselves, you know? Why are they just hanging out about the beach, and now they're all being blown about? Come on, rich people, stop littering. Listen to Leonardo DiCaprio. He's rich. You know him. <laughs> Security seems to be checking all the cabanas. And nonplussed with the large amount of papers blowing about, we see a close-up of Dylan hiding behind a large wall decoration. 
After the security guard passes, Dylan uses a screwdriver to open the door of a banana and slips inside. He has a lighter so he can use it to see his way around. Why do people who don't smoke always seem to have lighters on TV shows? I can't say I've ever owned one. I don't smoke. Why do I need one? He falls asleep on the couch and dreams about visiting the beach with his father. And in his dream, his father keeps saying that he'll always be there for him. And he curls into a ball, crying. He's so sensitive. Aww. I heard him. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Brandon and a synthesizer are entrusted to clean all of these papers off of the beach. When Brandon notices a cabana door open. <gasps> he goes inside, even though he has no idea who is inside. He locks out and it's just Dylan because really, surprise, who is Brandon going to fight? A girl? Nobody. A young child? That's about it. Mm -hmm. Dylan shows Brandon the marks inside the door panel for his height as he was growing. And he tells Brandon that this used to be the cabana he and his parents had before his parents got divorced. Brandon reveals that he knows about Dylan's mom. And Dylan has nothing nice to say about her before they run into Kyle. Why are all these people at the beach this early on their summer break? Mm -hmm. I mean, Brandon's there to work, mm -hmm. but why is Kyle there? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just go home and go back to sleep, you teens. Right. Kelly is also at the beach very early. So Kyle she's stops not, her. She's not an early beach girl. I mean, let's no. be real. No. Kyle stops her to apologize. He can't seem to explain why he turned her away, but he wants to be friends. She agrees, and he invites her to play volleyball. I'd be like, um, hmm, maybe we need to rethink this whole friendship thing. But she says she will. You know, you do you, Kelly. We join Jim and Brenda putting dishes in the dishwasher. Jim tries to instruct, instruct Brenda on the right way to do it. And I'm like, do it yourself then, you pompous ass. Right? And Brenda says something pretty similar. She tells Jim that maybe she and Brandon are done being raised and he's like good pay for your own college then she starts crying and asks for jim's help in taking care of dylan and does her what oh and does her acting class only meet once a week i mean otherwise we've missed multiple classes and no one has said anything about it <laughs> jim agrees to help take care of dylan and then tells brenda that she's just growing up too fast for him I do feel that pain just a little bit, having a child that is of 16. It's just like, and has two years of high school left. Hold the hell down. That's okay. the only time that I'll ever sympathize with Jim Walsh. I'm just, I'm going to sit here and be quiet because I will not sympathize with Jim Walsh. Okay. Steve serves everything to Kelly. And she's like, what the hell, mullet? He tells her that if she can't play, then she needs to get off the court. And Kyle jogs slowly across the court under the net to, you know, knock Steve to the ground. Seriously, it was the slowest fight ever. Steve calls Kyle Mr. Macho and accuses him of not being able to score with Kelly. Like, Kelly, you know, sleeps with everyone. He is not even insulted, and instead she tells Steve that she and Kyle have slept together, and that just pisses Steve off even more. In drama class, David and Donna decide to mix it up, and David is Juliet and Donna is Romeo. Uh, but they're also very melodramatic about the scene. Mm -hmm. And the class erupts in laughter, including the teacher. <laughs> and looking at the class, Mr. Suter is sitting right up on Brenda. I know, right? He was, like, really close. Yeah. Uh, he accuses the two of them of taking the easy way out and then tells Donna that no Romeo has ever looked so good in tights. Awkward. 
inappropriate. What's mm-hmm. up, Mary Kay? Mm-hmm. She also tells them that they will be performing it again the correct way. Back along the beach, Kyle thanks Kelly for covering for him, and she tells him that she's not the, really the type to kiss and tell, but, you know, that's really what she did just then, except kind of opposite. Yeah. I don't understand. Kyle then confesses that he's a virgin, um, and he's not quite sure if he it's because he's not really attracted to women, and Kelly's like, so... It's not that you're not attracted to me. You're just not attracted to women. I'm still super hot. Brandon drags Dylan back to Casa Walsh, where he is subjected to a talk with Jim. First, the broken ribs, and now this. When's that poor kid going to catch a break? Never. Dylan tells Jim that he has nothing except his car. The plan was that he was supposed to go live with his mother, but he hasn't even seen her in like three years. And Jim offers to let him stay at Casa Walsh for a little while longer and then says the creepiest thing ever. I've been the only man in Brenda's life. It's hard to accept that she's growing up. Yeah, that was Writers, there's got to be a better way of saying that that doesn't sound all backwoods Alabama. Then Dylan tells Jim that it is said that daughters always date men that remind them of their fathers, which is also super weird. That was really uncomfortable. And Jim asks if Dylan has talked to his father, and he says no, and Jim suggests that he should. That prompts Dylan to write his father a letter. And then Brenda steps into the doorway to say goodnight, and Dylan lays down to brood. And that is the end of episode episode three. three. And what is the issue of the week? Don't surf when there's a tropical storm. Break ribs and get a concussion. Yes, that is the lesson. (laughs) That is what we want to teach our kids. Uh, I think it's that rich people litter their newspapers. They just put their Wall Street journals everywhere, and then they just float about the beach. I mean, seriously, that that was an excessive. It was an excessive amount of newspapers. It was like, hey, we just had this garbage bag of newspaper laying around. Let's just toss it about and make Brandon pick it up. Yeah, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, Brandon had no, uh, no girlfriend, no love. Uh, interest this week no and i guess i would also say the issue of the week is it's okay to be a virgin and it's okay to not know whether you like girls or guys that's what you got (laughs) no i said that was just along with that oh okay along with the surfing yeah careful of surfing right maybe it's that you should always be there to help your fellow man Especially if your fellow man looks like Dylan McKay. That, yes. Always make sure you know who your emergency contact is. Oh, yes. Yep. I'll also sign off on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, Hmm. anything new this week? No. (laughs) Nothing new. Nothing, no. I'm still binging my way through True Crime Obsessed, so I haven't started anything new. Hmm. I didn't have it... Oh, I did start something new. Hmm. I started History Channel has a weekly podcast called This Week in History. There's only been three episodes so far, mm-hmm. uh, but they're only like 30 minutes long and they're kind of interesting. I learned about the uh, great molasses uh, situation of 1919 in Boston. Oh, I think that was on My Favorite Murder, wasn't it? I think it was too, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty good. I did download the one about Bill Cosby that was associated with uh, Once Upon a Crime. 
but I can't think what the name of it is. I am unsure. Anyway, it's about Bill, the Bill Cosby trials. I uh, I did watch the Linda Ronstadt documentary that's on CNN called like The Sound of My Voice. I think uh, it's it's called The Sound of My Voice. I think. No, it's called just called The Sound oh, of My Voice. Oh, okay, that was just you conjecturing. Okay. <laughs> it was really good. So now I've been listening to an abundance of Linda Ronstadt music, which makes me think of my mom, and so kind of like oh, except. I will say the worst Linda Ronstadt song in the history of songs. It's like, seriously, I told Josh that if he ever wanted to torture me and kill me, he would lock me in a room and play the song Don't Know Much by Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville. And I would. I love that song. Oh my God. Why? Why? Explain it to me. Why? Because Aaron Neville has a, has a golden voice. Don't know it, it doesn't make sense. But I know I love you. The song just, you know, it's a terrible song. It's kind of like Meatloaf's song. I, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. The best Meatloaf song is Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. But Meatloaf is a jackass, so. He is an asshole. Yeah. I don't feel, I probably can't sing his song at karaoke anymore because such an asshole he is. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so that's all I've really watched. Oh, and The Outsider on HBO. Yeah. Holy the Stephen King outsider one. Buckets. That show is bananas. B A N A N A S. Bananas. I do not have HBO, so I am not watching that. Show. It's uh, the first episode was directed by Jason Bateman, and he's also in it. Yeah. Super good. Really, really good. I told Alex that he even might like it, but he doesn't really watch normal TV. Disney Plus mm-hmm. has the Adventures of the Gummy Bears. I saw that from the '80s. I was super excited and still knew the words to the uh, to the theme song. I want to find shirt tails. Shirt tails. Mm-hmm. I liked them and I liked the Get Along Gang as well. I don't think I ever watched that. One. The Get Along Gang was um, had a I can't remember the other ones, but they had Dottie the dog who was in like a cheerleader outfit and her, oh, her okay, little yeah, ears I do remember were pigtails. Yeah, I do remember that. That was the Get Along Gang did watch the Aaron Hernandez thing on Netflix. I did too. And it was a lot of, I guess I I thought I knew what had happened during all of that. But did you I listen really to the podcast no, about no. it? I had no clue. And people are talking about how his fiance was ride or die. Mm-hmm. But no, his fiance was, I don't know if it was the money mm-hmm. or what it was, but no woman is that ride or die. To find yeah. out that, I mean, he admitted to murdering mm-hmm. your sister's boyfriend. Right. And you're going to stick by him. Right. It did. Um, I was really happy at the end of that to learn that um, Odin Lloyd's mom got that law. Oh, um, yeah. That Massachusetts law overturned. About vacating. Uh, about vacating the um, conviction if you died if while your appeal yeah. was open. Um, I was glad that that got switched over and because that was, if that was really his whole reason for committing suicide, suicide, then I'm, I'm glad that that got reversed and went in and still in um, the Lloyd family's favor. So I mean, but it is, I mean, all of it is just, you know, his father being very, uh, you know, toxic mm-hmm. as far as like toxic masculinity and instilling that in him and then being conflicted about his feeling towards men mm-hmm. 
uh, all of the concussions he suffered from. Right. His... But the one guy did make the point, you know, that while they did say that he had CTE, the worst case, the worst case yeah. of CTE that they had ever seen in a person of that age, not, I mean, there are people that have CTE oh, that yeah. don't go around killing people. Oh, no, 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 I agree. I mean, that's not definitely not an excuse for why he did what he did. It was just interesting that you take, like, all of these factors, and it seemed to be a perfect storm to create a, a mm-hmm. narcissistic sociopath. Right. I mean, he murdered people and then went on to play a whole season of football. Yeah. Like, he murdered the two guys outside the club in Boston. Yeah. Just, it's just crazy. And then his mother. Oh, like, yeah. Like, mother checking up with her cousin's husband. Yeah, and while his, while her cousin was dying of, of breast cancer, cancer. Yeah. yeah, what sort of person? I mean, ugh. and then they yeah. were together in the courtroom, and I was like, oh my oh, god, yeah. the optics of that, right? Ugh. It was terrible. Yeah, I do hope, and I mean, they didn't really, and I didn't look into it anymore, but I hope now that the everything that has time has progressed and and such that I do hope that the sisters maybe have um, fixed their relationship, you know, yeah, repaired the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know if I were her sister if I'd be able to forgive her. Yeah. It's true. So I understand. Anyway, that right. uh that catches up on everything that we've watched and watched and listened to and stuff. You can find us on all of your podcast catchers. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Find us on Donna Martin Graduates Podcast at, on Instagram and Graduates Donna on Twitter. And we're on Facebook. Spacey Space, yep. And we just shared yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but we were, I don't remember what we were watching, but it was some YouTube countdown and there was a Britney Spears video and I'm like, I had never sure that before. You screenshot that and I was like, uh-huh. what? the hell yeah i'm like i'm pretty sure jason Priestley was in the boys video i don't know how i remembered that but like all of a sudden i did and so i watched it and i'm like there he is i mean he's literally only on screen for like five seconds and his hair was not good and he tries dancing with her and she's like mm, no thank he's you like, nope. yeah and he's like what i'm brandon <laughs> <laughs> all right you think that's what he said yes <laughs> Read his lips. That's what he said. All right. <laughs> we will be back next week with episode number four, Anaconda. Yeah, there's going to be some of that going on. Oh, all it. the time. But only 15 seconds worth, guys. Yep. Sorry. Anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.